when TPT Forward 2024 was announced and they said that there would not be a virtual version of the conference for this year. I know there were many teacher sellers that were bummed out because they may not be able to make it to San Diego for one reason or another. But I think this is a blessing in disguise because there is a completely virtual conference that did so fantastic last year. It was easily one of my favorite conferences, and that is the Teachers Sellers Summit. The great thing about this is that it also takes place in the summer. This is from June 27th through the 30th, and if course, it's all online. You have not only pre-recorded sessions, but you also get live events. So what I wanted to share with you about right now is information about this Teacher Seller Summit and how you can level up your business from the comfort of your own home. There are sessions about perfecting your product listings, creating print-on-demand workbooks, opening up your own shop, and diversifying your income streams. But not only that, you can also connect with successful teacherpreneurs and industry experts to take your TPT or teacher business to the next level. Here's what's in store. You have in-depth sessions about mastering key business skills, both on and off TPT with insights from experienced speakers, a variety of networking opportunities where you can connect with business owners worldwide, swap ideas and learn from each other's successes, practical tips and strategies with actionable techniques to succeed, whether you're just starting out or you're aiming higher. And additionally, there are live Q&A panels, a private podcast for on-the-go learning, and so much more. I'm presenting at this conference, and my session is about three keys to a successful TPT store brand. So you may be wondering, what does this cost? What's the investment on this? And there are early bird tickets available through April 30th for $99. And you can save nearly 25% by just purchasing in the month of April. But if you're listening to this and it is past April, but not yet June, so May and June, you're listening to this, you can still purchase tickets to this conference for $129. You will get a 90-day pass to all 40 sessions, live Q&A panel discussions, virtual hangouts, co-working spaces, private podcast. If this sounds like something you're really interested in, you can check out my affiliate link in the description where you're listening to this episode. I hope I can see you there. Now let's dive into this week's episode. You're listening to the Creative Teacher Podcast, a show for busy teachers looking for ways to engage, inspire, and make an impact in their teacher businesses. I'm Kirsten a teacher business owner who is all about simple and actionable tips, strategies, and resources that result in wins, big or small. If you're looking for that extra spark of creativity, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in together. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Teacher Podcast. You are going to really love this episode because I have Chanel Moore on the podcast and she is going to talk all about niching down. Some of us might be thinking, is it even worth it to niche down? What should we do to niche down? How can we tell if we should niche down and how to even start 
thinking about niching down in the first place. So this is a really great episode to listen to if you're not sure if you should continue uploading different products or if you should really focus in or hone in on something. If you don't know who Chanel is, she is the host of the Routine Your Dream podcast And she's also a marketing and business coach for teacher entrepreneurs who want to scale their business to six figures and beyond on TPT. You're going to love this episode, and I can't wait to share it with you. All right, so we have a wonderful guest today. Chanel is on the podcast. So thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. I was really loving chatting with you before we recorded. So um, I know that there's a lot going on with you and your life and your new baby. But just tell us about yourself and what you do and, you know, what life is like for you right now. Okay. Well. My name is Chanel, and I am a coach for TPT sellers who have matched their teacher salary most likely and are looking to like take it from I have a TPT store to I have like a thriving six figure, multi six figure business. Um, so that is my sweet spot and specialty. I like to say I'm kind of a growth like strategist in a way because that's what I love to do. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, so let's go into our topic for today, niching down. I've seen different avenues, different opinions about this in Facebook groups about like, should you niche down? Should you just upload different things? So I'm excited to talk about this with you. But let's just kind of set some groundwork, lay the basic framework. What is a niche and why would this be something that's important for sellers? Can you give us your thoughts about this? Sure. And also, if you've heard like contrasting viewpoints, we can also explore that to help, you know, the listener make an informed decision about the route they want to take. Absolutely. So me, a niche is like where you're putting your sign in the ground or whatever. It's something that you specialize in. It's what people know you for. Your products are all centered around that niche. And I always like to say you're not married to your niche. It doesn't have to be a forever thing, but it is something that like you commit to for at least a year to three years before you say, okay, like I'm moving on. I've outgrown yeah. this niche. I actually think of it like a department store. So if you were to go to Target, Target's kind of like very general. You can go to the shoe section. You can go to the toilet paper aisle. Like you have a lot in that store happening. Whereas, um, Let's use the cleaning aisle, for example, inside of Target. If you were to niche down into like cleaning products, like your scrub daddy or whatever, (laughs) you're going to be in that aisle. Like a lot of sellers start off with like a little bit of the shoe section over here, but they don't have like aisles and aisles of shoes. They have like a couple shoes, aka like a couple math products. And then they have like the makeup section, which might be a total like social studies and like all those things are multi-grade levels. There's all over the place. Whereas a niche to me is somebody being able to like walk in your store and have everything that they need 
for that topic at their fingertips. So you're mm-hmm. going deep instead of broad. Yeah. I love that point that you made about the department store um, with Scrub Daddy, like <laughs> niching down in that. But also there have been comments about like, oh, people are going to just find you in the search results anyway. So you can just kind of upload whatever you're teaching, like whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So some people have said, we don't really need a niche in that kind of sense. We all we have to do is just whatever selling, we just make whatever is selling and just kind of put a little bit of everything out there. So what would you say to somebody thinking in that realm of like, and I know, like, I started it out that way. I was, of course, uploading stuff that I've taught. And because I was teaching multiple grades. And I was like, I taught this in kindergarten, I taught this in fifth grade, I'm going to upload it and try to sell it. You might that might work for some people listening. It actually is going to go down to your vision and where you see yourself taking your business. So for me, and the people that I work with, niching is critical because they're trying to get to six figures. Some are at seven figures making like a million on TPT and they are not all over the place with like (laughs) high school, kindergarten, that kind of thing. So if your vision is like, okay, three years from now, I want to be able to have the option if I want to leave the classroom and pursue this business full time. I or I want to make a very significant income from this, then you really do need to be more strategic. If you want to just be almost like playing the slots, you know, like lucky hits, your main thing is teaching or whatever position you're in, if you're an SLP or whatever, that's your main thing. And this is just a hobby for you. If it's a hobby, then absolutely have fun with it. Like don't put pressure on yourself to stay in one category. Like the extra money might be, you know, like going towards a travel fund or something. And it's not really something that like you care about. You don't have to play by the niche rules if you're not trying to strategically scale up to the six figures or, you know, like a very successful business. But if you are, if you are trying to scale, then I really do think you do need a niche. And I'll tell you a story of one of my clients to kind of like paint the picture because You have to know where you're going in order to even want to entertain the idea of niching, especially if you're like multi-talented, multi-passionate and very skilled at like a lot of things. So I had a client who I'm going to just walk you through like her earnings journey before she niched and after she niched. So 2020, she starts her TPT store. She makes $7,000 randomly uploading that like, okay, this is fun. I'm throwing things up here. Then she made $7,000. So she's like, okay, like this could be a thing. So the next year in 2021, she really increased the amount of time she spent creating products and started creating a lot of products, but again, not very niched. So she made 25,000 that year, 2021. Mm And at that point, she really started to see the potential. But like, I mean, she made 25000 Like, that's not something you can like leave <laughs> right. a career for, you know? Yeah. So then she niched in 2022. She actually like decided where she was going to sink her teeth and she went for it. Like, you know, those first years of creating, you're still kind of even figuring out like, the uploading process, like the thumb, like all your workflows of like, okay, this is how I do a preview or these are, you're still refining your design skills or your photography skills. Like you're still Mm -hmm. like in that learning mode. 
So year three, it's 2022. She niches and makes $116,000, which is wild. Uh, yeah. If you're if someone's listening right now and they're at like 7,000 or 25,000, it's not typical to go straight to like 116,000, but <laughs> she did. So that was great. And that's when I met her. She came to me like, okay, I'm niched. I made $116,000 on TPT only, mm-hmm. but think I can go more. I mean, it's only been a, she said, this is my first year niching down and like, I'm at 116,000. Yeah. We actually worked together. Actually, we're coming up on a year of working together now, but through that year, she just finished 2023 at $203,000. So that's awesome. Like you don't do those kind of numbers when you're playing the slots with search results, you know? Yeah. So that's, really comes back to your vision. Like have fun, go for it. You can play the TPT game or you can play the business game. But yeah. they're two, to- two totally different games to play. I personally stay out of the Facebook groups for advice. I think if if you're going to be in a Facebook group like get into like business like business, business groups, like yeah. Group or something because the advice you might be seeing of Hey, just throw things out there. We don't have to niche. Though you don't know the like mindset of that person. They might have a very rich spouse who is mm-hmm. not like trying to, you know, like they might not be banking on the success of their store. Right. And they actually might have like a belief that like I'm making 10k a year on TBT, so I'm doing just fine. They may have feel like they've made it, you know, like in terms right. of their goals. So that advice might be coming from that perspective. So you don't even know who's a, you don't know their like background. You don't know the context people. of yeah, the whole situation. Sales, like yeah. I wish it could be like their name plus like how much they've earned or something. Right. So no, like, okay, well, this is good advice or uh, I don't mm. know about that. <laughs> yeah. That's a really so, yeah. great point of view. Yeah. I love how you laid that all out because it is kind of hard to be going, you you try to get advice and everybody's telling you all these different things like, well, this podcast says to niche down and this this person in this random Facebook group is saying, well, you don't need to, you can just upload whatever you want. But like you said, it comes down to the vision. So I love your point of view on that. And I think a lot of my listeners are probably in that boat where like, well, if they're if they're listening to this podcast, a lot of them are likely going to be in that boat of like, they want to make a good amount and, you know, in this and try to really focus in on like the business goal rather than, you know, just kind of dabbling around and just seeing what happens kind of thing. So I love your take on that. All right. So going into kind of what you mentioned about how we are trying to like the example you said about this person who like she really wanted to see like, okay, this was just one year of niching down. Like, let's see what we can do with the next year kind of thing. Like how like she was really, it seems like very motivated. She or he was very motivated in um, like, what more can she do to scale with this niche? So maybe there might be some listeners out there who, like they're not really sure where to go of like, okay, do I need to focus in on this subject or this grade level? Um, so taking kind of like a little look or audit, what are some clues someone might have? Like, 
I can take this avenue into niching down. Like I want it, like maybe their vision is I want to niche down. I want to make as much as I can to match or surpass my teacher salary um, or just scale as much as possible. Where should I look to see where to niche down? Okay. So like, let's just break this down then. And first, if you're listening and you're like that, then we need to at least first decide like where you're at in the niching spectrum. So I have it broken down into like four milestones from completely clueless to you've mastered your niche. Okay. Okay. So if you're listening and you're there, let's, let's start by identifying like where you're at in that spectrum. So if you're in the first phase of this, then you're still seeking, you're still exploring, but you're not sure where your focus should be. You're trying things, but you don't have a groove for sure. You're still open to whatever. Like you said, like you, you're like, oh, I taught this at, you know, like at multiple, you know, there's various grades I've taught. So like, where do I specialize in? If you're at that stage, then the best thing you could do right now is start by thinking about the fact that you, I'm assuming most people listening have like an education degree, like you, you paid like tens of thousands of dollars to like specialize in like you have knowledge. Maybe you taught kindergarten, but you're currently in second grade. You have to like shift that mindset of where your passion is. I know I was like ripped out of my favorite position and put into a testing grade because they wanted me in a testing grade. Mm-hmm. And it was like heartbreaking. So like you don't have to create based on what you're creating for your classroom. You can create to grow a business. So like that's one thing I want to make sure everyone's clear on because most people start selling on TPT by just saying, well, I'm using this in my classroom anyways. Let me throw it up on TPT and see if it works, which is fine. Like a lot of people find their niche that way. But if mm-hmm. you're in that seeking phase, you can you can also consider what your gifts are like where your knowledge and passion are. And it doesn't have to be aligned with your current position if you're still in the classroom. The other thing you might want to do is just even research niches. Like if you teach first grade, like look, like spend time just looking at what's out there from a buyer's perspective of like first grade products, you know, and first grade content. Like your niche isn't necessarily first grade, you know, like you can really find a sweet spot within that. So you can start looking for gaps. Like, for example, you could combine social emotional learning with first grade. So you might not say, oh, I'm just social emotional learning for K-12. No, you could actually specialize in the primary social emotional learning, you know, like, yeah, like that. So after you're like still in that seeking, experimenting phase, um, the next phase would be like the awakening. <laughs> like you're starting to have. Um, some realizations or like we could call it the realization phase where you're seeing glimpses of what you're good at. The pieces of the puzzle are there, but not right. the whole, the whole puzzle, but you're right. Like you're right there. You're on the brink of it. So like maybe you've started to like dab, you're dabbling and you're like, Oh, like out of the 10 products I have, this one seems to be like kind of like doing better than the rest. Or I really mm-hmm. like, I really had a lot of fun creating like. I don't know, escape rooms or something, you know, like you're kind of like experimenting, you're dabbling, but like you start, you're starting to see glimpses at that stage. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening, are you at that stage? (laughs) And if you are, then start your action item of that stage is test and experiment and just continue to test and experiment. Start like just 
I'm thinking about the person who you said, like, just start creating things and the search results will find you. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you could start creating things that are like, you know, like, oh, I think I'm onto something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then as you progress, you know, it's not like one day you wake up and you're like, I am officially niched, you know, like it's a, it's a journey. It's a journey. So like the the next phase is like the refinement. Like you're not 100% clear, but you are, you have an idea of like, okay, I'm pretty sure this could be my niche. And at that stage, you know, you're really starting to see success with some products. And what's key at that stage is listening to customer feedback and really like seeing like, okay, am I like, are people loving what, what I'm putting out? Or do I need to like... Is it a flop? <laughs> yeah. And you or know what? Do, or there needs to be some tweaks possibly to see exactly. like, you know. Mm-hmm. And this just- is truly the tweaking refinement stage of your niche. So like, let's use the social emotional learning and primary example. Like that is still very broad in the sense of like, where are the gaps in that? You know, like, are you just like doing a ton of things or are you really helping with like, I don't know, classroom environment, like the calming corners and things, you know, Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. Like, are you really that are you there or are you like putting a behavior spin on it? Like reducing behavior using social emotional learning? I don't know. I am not the the, (laughs) like SEO (laughs) expert. So this is probably a, you know, not the greatest example, but the key is to just like really start like figuring it out. And then sometimes, you know, product types is another thing that you're focused on at this stage of like, okay, I just realized I'm great at like more digital. Like I know what I'm creating content products and content about, but my people, I'm looking at like independent, you know, like student practice things versus small group versus, you know, like, or assessment, like you can Mm -hmm. really build out so much just refining there. And then, of course, the last stage would be like niche mastery. At that stage, you're like, I know what I'm about. Like, I know what my niche is and I'm building my business around it. And it's very clear. At that stage, I would say you would know if you're at that stage, if you're really good, like you're in your groove. There's no like, gee, I wonder what like you could literally map out products for the rest of the year within your niche and you'd be fine and know that it was going to be like successful, so to speak, you know, right. like confident in that sense. It's not just this lack of direction. So that's how I break down the the stages or phases of the like niche spec, finding your niche spectrum, we'll call it. <laughs> yes, I love all of that. And I think it's definitely relatable, especially I know in my own TPT store, like I rem- I've, I've gone through those steps. And now I'm, I feel like I'm kind of at that cusp of niche master versus, you know, cause I'm still updating stuff on my website, but like I have funneled down from ELA, well, actually it was like K through five to ELA social studies in upper elementary. Um, and now I'm like niching down to Texas social studies for upper elementary. And so, and at the same time, I'm like, well, my other resources are still selling. My ELA resources are still selling. And so it is kind of, uh, like a struggle, like, well, shouldn't I be promoting all of these other things that sell? But this is in the last six or so months, I've been really trying to focus on mainly social studies because I know that's what my, like, that's what my audience wants and they like from my store. And so 
it is kind of like a struggle. Like, oh, I need to get those other resources in. But I, I kind of like the simplicity of, I shouldn't say simplicity, but just like, you don't have to think of all these different things. You like, the more you niche down, I feel like the more creative and the more, I don't know, focus you, you can get with just mm-hmm. that one sweet spot that you're in, in your niche. And at, at the same time, you're fulfilling a need that people are loving and wanting. I mean, absolutely. And I think as you go through those, as you progress through that spectrum, action creates clarity, you know, like that's a famous exactly. quote for a reason. So like now you may find yourself in that spot where you're like, oh, crap, that run random social studies like really <laughs> took off. But I now know I want to do math, you know, or like, yeah. <laughs> so here's I want to speak to that. This is what I tell like my clients. Think of it like in terms of like where to focus, because most people listening like do not have like teams. They are you like you're not like this major company. You're not like a publishing company where you can truly serve like multiple niches at once. You don't have the bandwidth or capacity. Right. So right. like that's why I say you're not married to your niche. But like, let's go fill that one like section of target, you know, like right. let's not go to the paper towel aisle and there's like one roll like. No, let's build out, like, let's fill those aisles. And then once you're like, okay, I feel like my aisle is full here. Where am I moving next to? Do I want to stay within the meeting? You know, like, that is, that's how I think about it. And then it's, so then it's like, okay, I'm committed to filling out those aisles, so to speak, in my store. Yeah. Okay. But what about those things that are making me some nice chunks of change? The way I look at it is like a fast food restaurant. Like, I don't know, McDonald's. So McDonald's has two ways you can eat there, right? You can go through the drive-thru or you can go in, dine in, and stay a while. There might Mm -hmm. even be a play place for your kids to play. And it can be a total experience. Whereas somebody who's just coming through the drive-thru, they are not getting the full McDonald's experience. So what I mean by that is, and I do have clients who, because they were in the experimental phase, they have products that are not aligned to like their biggest money makers, so to speak, Mm -hmm. but it's still worthy of, it's still bringing in a nice chunk of change. So what I say is like, treat that like your drive through. So it's okay to run a paid ad to that product. Like you don't have to like keep those people. They're just coming through the drive through, you know, like, so a Facebook ad is constantly sending like a high converting Facebook ad that you're seeing like the money come in from Like, who cares? You're not going to keep them anyways. They can in one door, out the other kind of thing. Whereas like, okay, what am I blogging about? What am, what is my like emails going to be about? Like, what are my, like when I'm showing up in front of my audience, what am I talking about? What am I trying to lead them to? Your niche products. That's the dine-in experience where they fully experience your brand. Mm -hmm. I love that analogy. Yes. That's so, that's such a good point because it is kind of, it's really hard navigating that and like all of those different aspects. But I know that eventually clarity will happen, whether it might be like in six months or a whole year or two years. Okay. So I wanted to ask you if let's say somebody's listening, they have a niche or they have an idea of what their niche is. They may be like, they've been purposely creating resources and kind of 
burrowing down in what they are thinking is their sweet spot. Like they're seeing some results. What are some steps to get to that next level or just kind of steps to see even better results than they may already be seeing? So basically, how do you shift from like, all right, I kind of have a niche to like, this is happening. Like I am taking this this is what I'm being known for. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you know what? Like you do back going back to the vision thing that we did talk about. You kind of have to know where you want to be, because in my eyes, if you want to be known as like the go to person for that niche, then you you kind of have to make that decision so that as you're in that as you're burrowing down, like you said, you kind of have to know like where you're headed, right? So like if you're, if you're, if you're presented with an opportunity to go speak at a like teacher conference, then like you want to be prepared to know like, oh yeah, I know my topics because this is my niche and I want, you know, that kind of thing. Well, anyways, Mm -hmm. um, this is what I would say. Like if you're obviously action creates clarity, if you're in that refinement stage and you're not 1000% clear go to where the data is, like go back into your history. Success leaves clues. That's my motto. Um, Look at the data. It's so funny because sometimes our like what we think would be the best direction. It can be so overwhelmingly obvious how to like really like sink your teeth into something when you look at your data, like go Mm -hmm. back what like what are the products that did the best like money wise month by month like really dig into your data and and then of course as you create new things continue to be like data driven in terms of like making your decisions mm-hmm. and then if you are feeling like okay actually i'm pretty much out of that refinement stage i feel like i've mastered my niche like where do i even go from there i would say um this would be if you're at that stage, like that final stage of like, I'm I'm living and operating within my niche. And I'm just here to listen to this podcast because I love this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. But um, if you're there, then it really is like coming down to like expanding on what's working. So a lot of the times, once you know your niche, you're still in this like, um, it's funny because I keep giving like restaurant type examples, but at this stage, you really want to take it up a notch, take it to the next level. So one of the biggest questions you could ask yourself right now is, am I serving full solutions like dinners? Like, am I serving a full meal or do I just have snacks? Like, do Mm -hmm. I just have these one-off $3, $5 products? And one of the things that you can do to really assess your store once you niche is look at how many products are in your under five category of your store. You know, like if you go on the left side of your store, as if you're a customer, you can see this data. Click under five um, and under five products and like divide it. Like, okay, I have 25 products that are under $5 out of 100. Well, 25% of your store is like the snacks, you know? And then as you start to build out some more complete solutions for your people, that's when like the real big money comes. It's in that I'm telling you all from somebody who sees clients who go like multiple six figures. It's always when they make that switch to creating complete solutions for their niche. Yeah. So this is a huge mindset shift. If you did not go into 
starting a TPT store with the mindset of you're going to take it to a six-figure business, which I would say it's probably 99% of the people because if you're getting into TPT, you ch- ch- like you, chances are you didn't go to school, like go to college. In business or... Yeah, like yeah. you went because you were a teacher. So like you started your store because you were creating stuff for your classroom. Mm-hmm. So once you're in that niche mastery phase, that's when you can say, okay, like I created, maybe you're, maybe you're thinking like, well, I used to create some sort of classroom games because my kids needed classroom games, but you, maybe you had a curriculum. I'm going to use science as an example, because the last position I was in when I was in the classroom was fifth grade science and we didn't have a curriculum. (laughs) So I have to like, kind of like navigate that. I want the person who's listening, who feels like they've found their niche to think about it like this. Before you might have created things, let's say a math game. I'm going to just say a math game. And let's say your district bought you math manipulatives. So like the counting bears or whatever, rulers, all of that, like Mm -hmm. all those things. And you created resources to supplement what you already had in your classroom. Instead, the shift has to become, I'm going to imagine that my person who's buying doesn't have any of any, that. Yeah. What do I need to make? And then your student population is huge too. So you have a niche and then you can serve like the, the, like the second layer of your niche is like the student population. So like gifted, like all those things can mm-hmm. be considered. So if you're used to working with like the gifted population, you probably don't have like interventions related to that or something, you know? Yeah. Or vice versa, like the differentiation of it all. So like, that's something to consider. Like you need to be meeting the needs of, you know, like everyone within your niche so that you can not just like, oh, well, if you have this particular curriculum, then you should buy these like posters that go with it. No, right, right. Imagine they don't have anything and start creating meals versus snacks. I love that. Yeah. So those big meaty resources, units, like thinking in that realm rather than those one-off, or even if it is part of a bundle. At least you created those small products with the mindset of bundling. Yeah, that's that's true. Or building out, like you're thinking, I'm going to build out a product line. Like, yeah, maybe this resource that I'm creating tonight is $5, but I see big picture. This will be bundled into a much greater meal. (laughs) Yes. That's another good point. Good point. Love that. Love that perspective and analogy, of course. I'm always for snacks. But of course, snacks at the end of the day, it's going to be a meal that's going to get me satisfied, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. So yep, let's let's satisfy your bank accounts, people. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I have some fun bonus questions for you. They're very just random. The first question I have is if you could swap one of your skills or talents for a superhero's power, which power would it be and how would you use it in your everyday life? Okay, you're going to have to break this down because you know I got mom brain right now. Remember? <laughs> so you said okay. if I have to swap a skill that I currently have. So if you are here, let's simplify it. What yeah. superhero power would you want to have and how would you use it? Well, I've always thought about having the power of in like an invisibility cloak. Yeah. I figured I could travel anywhere that way. <laughs> there you go. Get on the plane. Nobody will Nobody would know. I mean, yeah. nobody would know. So well, that's probably what I would do too. 
or even maybe flying because I'm late. Every, like I am always late. I have terrible time management skills. And so like just zooming into where I need to go. So I'm on there on time because I always yeah. leave at the last minute. Yeah. And then back up. I'll share my my invisibility cloak with you and we'll just hop on a private jet and get there. There you go. Yeah. If for perfect. some reason your power breaks down or something. <laughs> Sounds good. Anyways. Okay. Second question. Summer or winter? I love summer. I love summer, but I have a twofold answer. Personally, okay. personally, I love experiencing summer. But since this is a business podcast, I love winter. They say um, in the fitness world, summer bodies are made in the winter. And if you're somebody who has your biggest sales during like back to school, I love working with clients in the winter compared to them coming to me in this in the summer. Like, how do I grow my business? And they're looking at me like I'm looking at them like our biggest opportunity to grow your business is like by leveraging your highest month. Like and we only have 30 days to do it versus like being very strategic. So personally, summer from a business coach perspective, call me in the winter, not the summer, please. Anyway. So basically right now, if you're listening right now, <laughs> if you're listening when this episode goes live, like you, you should probably hit me up. <laughs> yeah. So I love that twist on that. Love that. Okay. Here's another question. Last question. Settle the debate. Pineapple on pizza, delicious, sweet and savory combo or a culinary abomination. I'm a whatever floats your boat kind of get <laughs> like. I'm not going to I'm not going to diss it because I haven't honestly tried it. Neither I have I. But it's just the concept of it. Just like. I, you can't, my theory is you can't knock it till you try it. You know, like I have like that same thing in business. Like you can't. I'm going to give you an example because this is a good takeaway for people. Some people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I don't I cannot email my list more than twice per week. Mm-hmm. You don't know if you're. People will hate you until the data tells it, right? Like if you have this gigantic unsubscribe rate, the data speaks. Okay, fine. Don't email them again. Yeah, don't do it again. But but like you yeah. don't know if you don't try, right? So like I haven't tried pineapple on pizza, so. Could be good. I don't know. It could be. It could be good. Who knows? If you like <laughs> pineapple on pizza, go for it. There you go. Okay. So I have loved this conversation with you. And I'm sure listeners are like itching to find out how can I learn more from Chanel? She sounds amazing. So where can we connect and learn more from you? Honestly, the best place that I drop my nuggets of whatever wisdom I have (laughs) is on the Routine Your Dream podcast. Um, You just search Routine Your Dream. I'm also on Instagram, Routine Your Dream podcast. And... If you're interested in working with me, like you've you've kind of like, you know, your niche, you're at that final stage of like, um, I need to take this to the next level. Like I I have some potential. Then you can DM me on Instagram. You can DM the word scale because that's what I love to do. I love to scale your business to six figures and beyond. So DM the word scale or just DM me. I am there hanging out. At 2 a.m. while I'm pumping, <laughs> yeah, while I'm pumping go. milk, I will answer you. So, yeah, Sounds good. Well, thank you for being here on the podcast. 
I am so happy that you had me on. You'll have to come on to the Routine Your Dream podcast sometime soon. Yes, for sure. I would love that. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. Thanks for listening to the Creative Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can also follow me on Instagram at thesouthernteach.designs. Have an amazing day. Are you looking for a way to grow your business without working too much harder than you already are? Do you want to optimize your limited time and see a real impact on your business efforts? Well, I've got great news for you because your data playbook can help you achieve all of these goals and then some. As a teacher, you know that the education market is super competitive, and in order to succeed, you would have to stand out from the crowd and deliver results that really matter to your customers. But without the right tools, it can be kind of hard to know if what you're doing is truly paying off. And that's where your data playbook comes in. The membership is designed to help teacher sellers like you leverage the power of data-driven strategies. You can unlock valuable insights about your customers, your products, and your sales performance. This membership is packed with access to analytics tools and resources, personalized coaching sessions, and a community of like-minded teacher sellers who are also eager to share their insights and experiences. I totally believe that your data playbook can help you take your teacher seller business to the next level, but don't take my word for it. Check out the website to see what other teacher sellers are saying. I'd appreciate it so much if this is something you're considering to check out my affiliate link in the description. There are different membership tiers. So if this is something you're considering, you should definitely check it out. It's your data playbook and I hope you can join.